Hello and welcome to Mirror Fighting One to Watch. I'm Rich Jones and today I'm joined by Muhammad Ali, the UK's first diabetic boxer, talking about some of the challenges he's faced in his journey and what lies ahead after a 6 no start to his professional career. Mohammed obviously got a pretty uh, famous name boxing-wise, Mohammed Ali, but um, yeah, gather it was purely coincidental, wasn't it, that you ended up with uh, named after such a legend? Yeah, absolutely. Um, got no family history of boxing. Uh, my father, up till this day, doesn't like boxing. He's just supporting me. And it was just a name given, nothing to do with boxing whatsoever. Yeah, and when did you sort of realise that it was, uh, you know, a name that's obviously got such sort of connotations with boxing as a sport? When did that sort of uh, sink in? When did you realise that growing up? Uh, to be honest with you, Rich, I've like, for example, um, I've got one brother and one younger sister. And my elder brother, he's, he's more into his consoles. And we, there's only 18 months between us. And uh, I'm more into football, playing football, hands-on cricket, boxing, karate. And as a youngster, he'd get the latest console and I'd get the latest football trainers or, you know, boxing gloves taken, uh, you know, being taken by my mother or father to a football local football club and um, realise I'm in the wrong spot, you know, playing football and doing karate. I need to move over to boxing. But as a youngster, I remember watching boxing at home. You know, me and my brother absolutely enjoyed uh, watching boxing, your WWF, uh, football week in, week out. And just knew I had to go down the boxing way, boxing route. Yeah, and how old so were you when you first... Me. Yeah, how old were you when you first went, went to the gym and started boxing? Um, firstly, I got put into karate. I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of four or five. And uh, my mother and father spoke to a dietitian and my nurse, like, how can we control Ali's diabetes in a better manner? And they said, keep him involved in sports, keep him physically active, and it'll help keep his blood sugars down, his levels down. So my dad took me to a local karate club and I absolutely hated taking part in karate. And my dad just wasn't bothered that I hated the sport. He just wanted me there getting disciplined and you know, controlling my diabetes by being physically active. And I'd always come back home and say to my mother, please take me to the local boxing club, take me to the local boxing club. Because at the time, um, I remember Prince Nassim, he was fighting Barrera at the time. Um, but yeah. we'd watch him against Kevin Kelly, Oggy Sanchez, you know, uh, Steve Robinson. And uh, Ricky Hatton were coming through as well. Um, you know, just newly starting off when Naz was like coming to the end, and we always just watched boxing, and I thrive of, you know, watching them guys, you know, perform in such a good manner, and thousands of people supporting them. And um, I said to my mum, please, I want to be like, you know, them guys. I want to be like the next Prince Naz or the Ricky and Joe Calzaghe. Um, you know, I want to be like them. Look, they're bringing footballs. They're bringing football stadiums. You know, they're filling them out, and they're bringing countries to a standstill. Uh, I'd like to do something like that. And then I remember my father taking me and my brother to watch Costa Zoo versus Ricky Atten, and the fight was, I think, two or three o'clock in the morning at the Manchester Arena, yeah. which is like literally fifteen minute drive away from us uh, from our house. And my dad took us up, and we were there. They locked the doors at uh, twelve a.m. And uh, we were all packed in one arena. And 
was like, wow, do you know, when the national anthem came on, um, the whole stadium come to a standstill. I think all of England, Great Britain, came to a standstill that night to watch uh, Ricky Atten become the unified lightweight champion. Came home, um, you know, speaking with my mum, saying, you know, I've just watched Ricky Atten, you know, bring whole of Manchester to a standstill. And then Amir Khan, he went to the Olympics. And um, remember 2004, this was uh, before the Costa Zoo fight. Uh, he brought all of Great Britain to a standstill when he won the silver medal. And uh, was like, I remember my mom, my dad watching the boxing as well uh, when Amir performed in the Olympics. And that mom, look, I can do something like that. And then I got taken to the local amateur gym by my mum. Uh, she sneaked, you know, behind my dad's back, took me to the boxing gym. And the coach said, after a couple of weeks, um, I'd like to speak to your father. And I just asked him, I said, why would you like to speak to my father? And he said, look, I think you're good enough to take part as an amateur boxer, compete as an amateur boxer. So I came home and I told my mum and I said, mum, look, my uh, coach, my amateur coach, the first coach was called Steve. And I said, Steve wants to speak to dad. And she was like, we can't get him. If he finds out you're going to the boxing gym, he's going to say, no, you know, you can't go again. So managed to speak, being good at school, uh, after school speaking to my father. I was about 12 or 13 at the time. said to my dad, look, I've been good at school. Teacher's given a good report. Um, my boxing coach wants to speak to you. And he said, boxing coach? I said, yeah, mum's been taking me to the local gym. And he's like, I don't know anything about this. And he said, yeah, mum just, just seemed behaving at school and doing good so she took me to a local gym and he said alright I'll you know, come on watch you train today so he come and uh, my coach spoke to him and said look Ali can you know compete at amateur level if you allow him to so I did my medical and uh, it got um, denied got uh, cancelled because of me being type 1 diabetic and uh, I think not box uh, as yeah, an amateur so, um... Yeah. And um, yeah, just going back to that, obviously you sort of, you said you were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when you were pretty young. I mean, even outside Horrifying. of boxing, before yeah, before you started boxing, how, how much of a challenge was that, you know, as, as a kid having to deal with that? Was it, was it tough to deal with at times? Um, it was tough, but um, I can't thank the NHS enough. They educated my mother and father so much about how to control my diabetes in a good manner. My dad would tell them, we were open, you've got to be open with the NHS, tell them what, uh, how your activity levels are. You know, as a diabetic, you've got to speak the honest truth, how your daily routine is. And uh, my mother and father never hid anything away from, you know, my nurses and the healthcare professionals just told them what I'd get up to during my day. And uh, my dad told the nurse, look, he's taking part in boxing. So my dietitians had told me how to manage my diet. But as a youngster, very hard because, like, for example, at school, I'd, I'd be given a small bottle of milk during the break. No, the, the kids, non-diabetics, they'd be given a bottle of milk Whereas I'd be given two Mars bars, small, uh, you know, the fun size, nice, the fun size snack bar. I'd be given uh, two of them to consume and a Diet Coke can, the mini can. Uh, whereas the non-diabetics, the other kids, they'd be given glasses, uh, bottle, glass bottles of milk. And I'd be like feeling alienated, being left out. 
uh, thinking, why are they getting milk and I'm getting uh, a Diet Coke and, and a Mars bar? But the kids would be jealous of me and like, I'd be jealous that they're drinking milk. They'd be like, can we have a snack? Uh, can we have a Mars bar? Can, we, can you sneak it towards us? And I'd be like, no, let me enjoy my Mars bar. And uh, I felt left out quite a lot. Um, like for example, the my school teachers, uh, I thank them each and every single day for the man I am today. Um, they check my sugar levels during lessons because uh, I'd feel poorly sometimes. And uh, they've helped me so much. So it was a big struggle as a youngster. And I just learned from each day. And I still, I've still not stopped learning because when I'm in the gym now, I've got a sensor on the side, on the side of my hip. Uh, where I check my sugar levels, and it shows you know uh, where and whereabouts my sugar levels are. So it's hard each and every day, but it's just um, getting to learn more about myself. Yeah, and I guess when you sort of stepped in the boxing gym and was sort of so so natural at it, obviously took to it pretty quickly. That must have been sort of a bit of a yeah, it must have been a nice feeling, a bit of an escape almost. You say you sort of sometimes felt a bit left out with the diabetes thing. It must have been nice to sort of going to the boxing gym and, and not just you know compete, not just compete, but you know be pretty good at it pretty quickly, pick it up so quick. Yeah, um, it was a massive breakdown though. I'd I'd been going to the gym for about six weeks, and the coach said I'd like to speak to your father, and then my medical got cancelled due to me being uh, diabetic. Um, it was a massive breakdown because. Uh, no disrespect, but other children who I felt as they're not as good as me, they're getting to compete. And whereas, because I'm diabetic, I'm being left to one side now. And I felt like the, you know, my training had dropped because uh, because I'm not being able to compete for a medical reason. So the coaches were like leaving me to one side and coaching the other kids who are going to be uh, competing, which is rightful, but. It, it was very hard at the time, so I started playing football. And I was about 13 at the time, then spoke to my healthcare professionals and they managed to get me my uh, medical sorted. Um, I passed all my medicals and uh, I boxed for the same amateur gym as uh, Scott Quigg and Amir Khan, uh, Berry Amateur Boxing Club, and my first coach, uh, my second coach, Mick Jelly. Um, he coached me at uh, Berry Amateur Boxing Club. I was 17 and um, I boxed as a senior. I didn't get no, I didn't, I wasn't able to compete as a junior or a youth. So I had no junior experience, I had no youth experience. So I was like thrown in the deep end um, boxing as a senior, like as a Northern adult. And um, I won my first two fights with a knockout. So it went you know, very well. I had a good amateur career. Um, and then in 2015, I was an amateur for about four years. I had 34 fights. I won 29. Um, I won the Celtic Box Cup, the Haringey Box Cup. I remember uh, getting interviewed by Steve Bunce uh, when I won the Haringey Box Cup in London. And uh, Chris Eubank Jr. won it the year before. So I was, you know, absolute buzzing to win that um, tournament and won the Celtic Box Cup. I won the University uh, Championship as well, you know, in Hall of England. I think it's England and Wales. Um, I won that and then uh, turned professional in 2015. And my professional boxing medical was then rejected, uh, cancelled. 
because of being diabetic again. So diabetes has been a big battle for me yeah, <laughs> in the you, ring um, and out of the ring. Yeah, when you were going through, first of all, the first time as an amateur, when your licence got rejected, you said you started playing football again and then it happened again as a professional. Did you ever consider, you know, did you ever think this isn't for me, you know, just pack it on the head, consider quitting boxing or were you always determined that you were going to fight it and, and get that medical? Um, do you know what? It's been a it's been a crazy journey. It's been a funny journey, what I can't explain to you, uh, Rich, because I've always seen light at the end of the tunnel. Like, I am going to create history again, all being well. Um, I'm being managed by MTK. I've created history once, becoming the first diabetic professional boxer in the United Kingdom. I don't know about the world, but in the United Kingdom. And I want to be, I want to create history again for the second time in the whole world by becoming um, a world champion. You know, as a professional boxer, being the first diabetic to become a world champion. And this will go down in history in the whole world. And I'm being managed by MTK, who are managing uh, Tyson Fury, Billy Joe Saunders, Carl Frampton, you know, big names. And I hope I get uh, guided uh, down a good route, you know, for to create history again. But this pandemic's been a big downfall because I was supposed to box in March, September and December. But uh, because of the pandemic, uh, not only myself, but many other boxers have been stopped from uh, competing. But um, sorry, what was your question, Rich? I've got no, I was just gonna, no, just going to say, um, would, did you ever consider quitting boxing when you were um, going through those tough times? But you said you, you know, always thought... No, Rich. Yeah, I always saw a light at the end of the tunnel. At the end of the tunnel. For example, in 2015, uh, when my license got rejected, um, I went to America. I went to watch uh, Amir Khan versus Canelo Alvarez. Um, I went out there, met uh, Derry Matthews. He was on the same flight as me and got talking to these guys. I uh, got to meet Mike Tyson. And, you know, just speaking boxing with these guys and they just motivated me. Um, I, do you know, like, for example, people, when they go to watch a boxing, they turn it into like a holiday. I, I didn't turn it into a holiday. Like, for example, they go out there, have fun. You go in Las Vegas, they have their fun, um, enjoy themselves. Uh, whereas I planned it before I went with a friend of mine and he's a big boxing fan as well. Like, for example, if there's any shows on across England, like the matchroom shows, like um, when Carl Froch boxed George Groves at Manchester Arena, uh, Joshua boxed uh, when he won his world title against Charles Martin you know, all these uh, when Carl Froch boxed a rematch against Groves at Wembley uh, Klitschko Joshua all these fights have been to them all George Groves and Eubank been to all these fights I never miss a boxing show I'm a massive boxing fan so I said to my friend look uh, let's plan it out and let's make a we went for three weeks and um, we hired a car from here you know over in America so we said Let's go all to all the gyms. So we went to a Mayweather gym, but at the time they were renovating the gym, so it was closed. Yeah. Uh, met Roger Mayweather outside, but uh, obviously couldn't go inside. They were decorating the gym and refurbishing it. Like so, we drove down to um, Johnny John Tocco, Johnny Tocco's gym. We went there, trained there. I've forgotten which world champion we met in there. So. I got to do pad work with their local coach. I took my boxing gloves with me. So we drove down to LA, uh, the wildcard boxing gym, and bumped into famous Freddie Roach. 
and uh, it was, the gym was so busy. I remember uh, the lad who boxed um, Ricky Burns in Scotland, Ray Beltran, that's his name. Yeah. Ray Beltran was there sparring and I went over to him, got talking and watched him spar. Um, so got talking boxing with Freddie Roach and we went downstairs. He said, look, you know a lot about boxing history. Let's go downstairs. I'll show you some history. So he took me in the private gym. Uh, he showed me Miguel Cotto's, you know, all his, uh, you know, his frames, what he's put up, Manny Pacquiao's, you know, history. He showed me the, you know, the gloves they're using. And I got to pad with Freddie Roach. So I said to him, look, this is a problem I'm having in the UK. Would would there be a problem for me to get licensed in America, in the US? And he said to me, look, I've never come across this problem, but you should, you will overcome it because um, it's discrimination. If you're fit and healthy, you should be boxing. And he padded me and it gave me um, like a boost when when he said that to me, he said, look, you will get your license. It's just you've sometimes just got to fight for a case. And uh, the British Boxing Board, the British Boxing Board was just fine with me. They just said, look, you've got to pass a few, overcome a few medicals. And um, if you do that, you're happy to box. We're happy for you to box. And that's exactly what happened. Um, they just set some rules and regulations for me. You know, to be safe in that ring first and foremost, and uh, I went and passed the medicals, and it was after two years when I got my license. So it has been a long, hard journey, but uh, I'm reaping the rewards now. I received thousands of messages from you know diabetics from all across the world, um, asking me questions: uh, How do you manage your diet? How, how are you even boxing? Uh, do your blood sugars drop often? And, you know, just general questions that uh, what diabetics have, they're always asking me. And I'm a yeah, and sports sort of, ambassador now for Diabetes UK. Yeah, nice one. And then what sort of, you mentioned some of those questions, so what sort of challenges does it pose to you on a day-to-day basis in a boxing sense? Obviously, it's, you know, a physical sport, you're sort of training hard. What sort of, what sort of steps do you have to take to sort of manage it in a boxing sense? What sort of challenges does it, it pose? Um, like for example, <clears throat> boxing is a weight categorized sport. Diabetes consists of your nutrition, eating good foods, so your sugar levels are leveled out. And if I consume bad calories, my weight will go up. So boxing wise, it's a negative. Diabetes wise, it's a negative. But if I consume good calories, train at the right time, my weight will be well managed so boxing wise it's a positive diabetes wise it's a positive so i think diabetes and boxing work hand in hand in hand because they both consist of consuming good nutrition and if i'm consuming bad calories i'll only have negative results in both aspects even in boxing as well as uh, my diabetes so I think if it wasn't for boxing, my diabetes wouldn't be controlled as good as it is right now as we speak. Yeah, and you mentioned I won't being be consuming a, water. Yeah. I'll be having yeah. a bottle of coke instead. Yeah, and you mentioned you're uh, an ambassador and obviously want to make history and stuff like that as the only or the first diabetic boxer you came in. Yeah, yeah. As a as a kid growing up, do you kind of wish that you had someone that you could look up to that you could see someone you know and see someone that was diabetic that was you know doing these sort of things? Is that something that you sort of are passionate about wanting to give, you know, the next generation someone that they can can see that's in the same shoes as them sort of thing? Absolutely. Um, Rich, that's that's exactly what I want to do. Um, I wish I could speak to somebody 
do you know, who's uh, done something like myself, you know, as a diabetic. Um, for example, uh, what's his name? The rower. Uh, Sir Steve Redgrave. He's a type 1 diabetic. And I'd, I'd, I'd love to meet Sir Steve Redgrave and ask him, how did he go out in the open, you know, sea? And I think he's a five-time Olympic gold medalist. Come on, that's some going. And uh, I've, I've looked up to him. Like, for example, um, when I was fighting my case, um, I got in touch with uh, the sports endocrinologist. His name, oh, his name, uh, Dr. Ian Gallen. That's his name. And he and he's the doctor consultant of uh, Sir Steve Redgrave. And he said, like, um, Sir Steve Redgrave is a human, do you know, amazing human being he said his fitness levels are on another level and I said to him look come on get me to meet him you know I'd like to meet him I've, I've watched so much of him you know his documentaries and what he's done I'd, I'd love to meet him but it's not come across it's not come across the, up till this day I'd love you know to meet him or he could come to watch me box yeah, you mentioned that trip you went on to America it sounded like a great trip did you mention that you met Mark Tyson while you were out there as well? Yeah, I met Mike Tyson, I met Andre Ward. Uh, I had a good chat with Mike Tyson. Um, we were all queued up in the queue, you know, when we took our pictures. There's about 40, 50 people queued up. I remember him going into the escalators and when they opened up, they were in front of, he was in front of us going into escalator and the doors hadn't shut yet and before they closed, he goes to me, good luck, champ, in front of everybody and they're all like, yeah, do you know him? Do you know him? I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's good friends of mine, Mike. <laughs> uh, uh, it was amazing meeting Mike Tyson. I got to meet Vazel Lamachenko, got to meet Andre Ward, Badu Jack, Adrian Broner, got to meet a lot of boxers out there. Yeah, and you mentioned as well how the pandemic's obviously been a challenge. You sort of, I think six and zero, aren't you? You moved pretty quickly once you got the license yeah. and turned pro. You had a good start, so it must have been them. Um, yeah, you must have been pretty frustrated that you haven't been able to fight for for a better year or so because of the the pandemic. You you know what, Rich? Um, I've had a good think about this. Right, this year I think it's been a good break for me because I've had a fast start um, learning the trade. I'm at a great gym now. I'm training at um, Oliver's gym. Sadly, Oliver Harrison passed away. Uh, last year not the year before and uh, I'm training with this brother Humphrey Harrison who's a fantastic coach I, I just learn something new of him each and every session um, I'm at a wonderful gym and even Humphrey said to me he said look this game is not about sprinting it's a marathon taking your time um, you know like like learning something new each we're learning something new each day um, working on foot drills you know on hand speed power strength and um, it, this pandemic it is sad what's happened you know with all the deaths you know condolences you know to all the families out there who've suffered but for myself I've, I've had a time to sit back and reflect on my boxing career as well as diabetes you know how to make myself better as a boxer, um, how to make, you know, control my diabetes in a better manner. So I've had room, you know, to have a look at myself. Whereas when, when the fights were coming, like I said, I was supposed to box in March, September and December. I'd be, I'd be going in and out. Of the, I'd be training twice a day. I'd be in and out of the gym, you know, it would have been like a rat race for me. Um, not having time to think, 
uh, about my life and what I'm doing. But I've had a good, you know, 12 months or 13 months now since I've last boxed, um, you know, to have a good think about what I'm doing with myself. So it's been a good, it's been a good rest mentally, yeah, but not physically because I've still been yeah. training. <laughs> Yeah, have you been focused fully on training or have you had to sort of, um, have you been having to sort of work outside the ring and stuff like that? Has it been tough financially? No, obviously not fighting, not earning, but... Yeah, it's been tough financially, not uh, earning money, but uh, to be honest with you, Rich, it's not about the money. Obviously, the money is a treat. The money will come when you're fighting for the big belts, but at this moment in time, not earning the best of money, I'm going to be honest with you. But um, is. It's been hard, you know, not being able to box. But it's um, the past 12 months, I I have been training. But like, like I said, um, you know, because of the lockdown, we've had we've had to stop for a few weeks. Like, for example, back in March, the gyms came to a standstill. Then the board allowed us to start training. And during this lockdown now, I've been training because the board have uh, allowed us to. Yeah, and obviously you've fought a lot of sort of small hall shows so far. And I mean, it's going to be, I guess that's one of the big, you know, we've seen the sort of the big shows have been back behind closed doors, some of the matchroom yeah. shows, the Frank Warren shows. But yeah, you sort of now sort of anxious a little bit about, you know, what, what's going to happen with the small hall shows when that sort of stuff can, can get back up and running because obviously that's been the sort of stage you've been fighting on yeah. so far. Yeah, I'm with the MTK and they've been holding the behind closed doors shows. And uh, I'm hoping I'll get put on. Yeah, yeah, and I'm hoping I get put on one of them. You know, all being well, um, get back into training properly, um, and hopefully, all being well, I'll get to box on one of them shows. But it has been very hard, you know, because I've had six fights within, I think, eighteen months or two years, and I've had like I had, I think, in my first year, I had three fights in like four months and um, it's been a nice little break but um, I'd like to you know get up and running again you know back fighting with the date uh, like behind closed doors MTK holding the shows um, I'd like to get uh, put on a show um, I want to create history again you know being the first diabetic in the whole world to become a world champion and guided down the right route yeah, and you mentioned sort of from the very first fight you went to that Ricky Hatton Costa Sioux fight in Manchester. Oh, amazing. You've been to amazing. been to a lot of big ones since. Um, yeah, I guess it must be um, obviously now you know professional six. You know when fans get back, it must be sort of a you must be looking forward to the chance to hopefully you know if you all being well achieve the stuff you're dreaming of to you know be on that sort of stage yourself one day. I've been you know been there as a fan so many times. Yeah, that'll be a de- a dream come true. Like for example, uh, on my first fight, I had nearly three hundred people attending from uh, Rochdale, and uh, like the Manchester Arena will be a dream for me to you know box there. You know what? The funny thing is, right? Uh, every time I drive past the arena, it's only a fifteen minute drive, you know, from my house. And every time I drive past, I always say, you know, whoever's in the passenger with me, or if I'm in the passenger, I'm gonna box there one day definitely going to box there one day and I do believe I am going to box there one day and um, that's where I'd like to win you know a major title and create history at home and uh, I'd you know I'd like I'd like to be given the chance you know to box on a big show I'm, I'm only six and all but uh, when 
you know, stepping up. I'd like to box on a big show, definitely. But I'll leave that in the hands of my management. That's their job. And, uh, you know, just leave it in their hands. Nice one. Yeah, sure. Um, sure, there'll be a lot of people who listen to this rooting for you after hearing your story. And, um, yeah, we'll certainly be hoping it all goes well for you as well. 